Jonas, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, November the 10th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life, I wish you God's grace, grace, <laughs> and I wish you God's beauty. Uh, thanks for being with me today as we continue to break open God's Word, break open our very beings, and uh, invite God's Spirit to come and rest within us that we may be stretched and formed more fully into that image of Christ. Uh, We are going to take a look, as uh, usual, right, uh, at the readings for this coming weekend. This is the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. We'll hear these readings. We'll hear Ordinary Time readings next weekend. But what you're going to notice, and it's slight in today's gospel, you'll kind of hear it toward the end, um, I'm not sure. I think we hear it a little bit next week, but, but as we get to the end of a liturgical year, things kind of look forward to, um, I'll use a big word, eschatological. Uh, it really, it's just a churchy word, um, but it means kind of end times. Uh, because again, the liturgical year is both, uh, you know, bringing an end to this calendar year uh, bringing an end to uh, kind of the, the life and, and the cycle of Matthew that we've been reading uh, of Jesus within it. But also it, you know, thinks globally and largely as well. And uh, so we look to the end of time when Christ will come again. And the gospel reading today is so wonderful, but it speaks on so many levels. And I hope to get to those uh, in, in a brief but as pointed a way as I can. So with that, we're going to go dive right in. We're going to read the first reading from Wisdom, Wisdom chapter 6, verses 12 to 16. And then we're going to jump to Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. Okay, a wonderful parable that I think you know, but gosh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, As always, however you do it, because that's the important thing, open yourselves, I invite you, to uh, the Spirit of God to confront and infect and meet you however you need to be met and infected and confronted this day, okay? And when you are ready, let's move forward and break open God's Word. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care. Because she makes her own rounds, seeking those worthy of her, and graciously appears to them in the ways and meets them with all solicitude. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For those new to the podcast, uh, um, however the Spirit of God meets you, whether that's with a feeling, a thought, an image, a a vision, uh, whether it's through a word, a sentence, an idea. Sit with that. God will speak to us in as unique a way as we are. And whenever and however that happens, be that 
through the midst of God's word like we're going to hear today. Be that through the word of a friend uh, or um, through a song on the radio, whatever that is, sit with that. Let God speak to you. Sometimes we just move too quickly, don't we? And say, that was really cool, and then move on to the next thing. And I think what we are invited to, and I'm going to speak more of this, but, but that idea of contemplation, to sit with it and let that word burn within us, whatever and wherever that comes from, um, and let God speak to us in that, in that moment. So with that, my friends, let's break open God's uh, word in the gospel. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. And while they went off to buy it, the bridegroom, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see, right, how this is used kind of as, as an end time reading. Um, because it is, in, in one sense, there's no doubt about it, that we know neither the day nor the hour when that second coming will happen. But it's more than that, right? We know neither the day nor the hour of our own death when we will meet God in that very real way. But it's more than that, right? We know neither the day nor the hour when our God will come to, to sup with us. I think of that wonderful story in the road to Emmaus when they're walking, and Jesus just kind of walked with them and walked all the way to Emmaus and, uh, and was going to keep walking on, and they said, no, come in, sup with us, be with us. And he does, and, and they realize it's him when he breaks the bread, right? We know not that day when our God will draw close to us, even though we we're not able to, to point it out. Why? We know it because our hearts are burning within us. They were open to that. Brothers and sisters, it is, it is all that. It is, it is on an individual, daily, hourly, minutely basis. It is on a, a basis of, of our lifetime when we, when we are called home to God and when our whole entire planetary community is invited uh, into that. Okay, so let's, let's break open this parable. I mean, and it's one that on a rudimentary level we can take a look at and say, how come those five virgins, and, and virgins means not necessarily sexual virgins, that's not what he's talking about, young women, that's really what, what it's being talked about. Why didn't these five young women 
um, share. Isn't, isn't that what we're called to do? That Why does Jesus praise the ones who don't share? That doesn't make any sense, right? And of course, on one level, I guess that's true. But on the level I think of what he's, he's inviting us into is on a deeper level than, than merely, hey, you know, this is a, a moral a morality parable on, on the importance of sharing or, or not. Um, I think what, what he's inviting us to do is, is saying, listen, what's going on here? Well, again, remember the first reading, right? The first reading is talking about wisdom, and we're going to get back to it. But the first reading is talking about how wisdom makes her rounds, and wisdom uses her own ways, and those who are seeking for her, she will, she will allow herself to be found. And so, again, if there is a thread that ties the first reading in the gospel together, that would be wisdom, right? And, uh, and what they're talking about, at least I believe, in the gospel, that the five wise and the five foolish, um, the wise ones cannot share wisdom with the foolish, right? We cannot share our experiences of God with somebody who doesn't have that. I mean, we can talk about them, but until they've experienced God themselves, they don't know, right? It's, it's entirely different. They, it's, we're talking about faith. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about a, a life, uh, a love affair, right? Imagine trying to share that. Can you share your love affair uh, of your spouse or your children with somebody who's not experienced that? Again, we can talk about it, but how can we share that until they go out themselves and buy? Um, they cannot know. And that, I believe, is where Jesus is pointing us in this parable. Five of them had trimmed their lamps and brought the oil. They had um, stayed awake, if I can use that term, uh, to open. Maybe that's a better word. They stayed open to that experience and that presence, that, uh, that, that coming of our God, be it on a daily basis or however, they were open to that experience of God and where that love affair was able to um, grow in them and become that which grounded them, centered them, was something more than a head knowledge, but was something with which they lived and moved and had their being within, right? How can we give that away? It's not that we don't want to. It's that we simply can't. Um, brothers and sisters, and so what I think this does, this gospel does, is say, listen, Jesus is going to come. We know that he's going to come and invite us to come home at the end of our lives. We know he's going to come at some point, whether it's within our life or, or ages and ages from now, uh, at whatever that looks like at the end of time. But we know he's going to come today. We, we know he's going to continue to come. And, um, and the question for us will be, will we be ready to encounter that? Because if we miss it, that door is locked. It is locked, right? And therefore, Jesus invites us at the end, stay awake, for we do not know the day nor the hour. We do not know the manner. Isn't that, didn't, what was it, two, three weeks ago we talked about Cyrus, how Cyrus uh, went into to, um, Babylon 
and freed the, the Jewish captives. Who could have seen that Cyrus would be that agent of God? Nobody. God comes in ways and in moments and through uh, means that, that we will not see coming. Unless, of course, we see it coming and we're open to that. What a dumb statement, Joe. All right, there you go. We won't see it coming unless we see it coming. There, there's, the, there's the wisdom you can take with you. Um, so I'm going to jump back to the first reading. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her. She is readily perceived by those who, found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Meaning, the wisdom of God is all around us, brothers and sisters, but it's merely up to us to open ourselves. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for they shall find her sitting by their gate. I mean, do you see? There, there, is, there is a responsibility within us. It's not all God. God does the action. Well, wisdom is waiting to be found. And yes, they use the feminine pronoun uh, for wisdom. In fact, the Holy Spirit is often called a she. Uh, Sophia, right? That idea that... Uh, the, the wisdom is a she. Um, and so if you've ever heard of the, the church in uh, Istanbul, right? Haggai Sophia, holy wisdom. That idea, and, and you know, it's why you two can sing she moves in mysterious ways. It's that whole idea. She makes her rounds seeking those worthy of her and graciously appears to them in the ways. I mean, that's, that's where you two get that song almost directly from this. I mean, that the spirit moves in and among us but it is up for us to seek her because she will allow herself to be found. Um, it is up for us to be, to be watchful for her like the, the five wise virgins. Brothers and sisters, the good news is um, God will be coming for you in the best sense of that word today because God wants to be found. God wants to be found. The bad news is we have missed God already today, probably. The good news is that while that gate may be locked and that door may be shut, there's another one coming. And it's up to us to merely participate, to keep vigil, to be watchful. How do we do that? Remember now, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is great. We, we need it. We, we need to be studying Scripture, and I thank you for being present with me to open ourselves this way. We need to know what, what our, how our God um, speaks to us in Scripture. We need to know, uh, you know, what uh, uh, the church teaches on things. We, uh, these are all incredibly important. But unless and until, brothers and sisters, we see beyond the words and beyond the rules and beyond the teachings to that to where they point, that's wisdom, which is the God who resides behind them, who desires to be found. In, in a sense, wisdom, or excuse me, knowledge, is that, that day-to-day learning and education. It's the clarity and the facts and the truth that we all accumulate, important things. But wisdom is that experience. It's that, it's that connecting point of what all these facts and, and truths and learning and education, where it points to, what it means beyond it. Brothers and sisters, what our God invites to is a love affair 
with our God. And a love affair is not merely a head game. That's more knowledge. But it's an affair of the heart, a knowledge uh, of the heart that we are loved and and, uh, that we fall in love, right? We can know all about love. uh, And that's wonderful. But until we experience love, then we know about love. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what our God invites us to. I'm going to leave us and close with a uh, reading from Joan Chittister. And it's from a book entitled Illuminated Life, Monastic Wisdom for Seekers of Light. And it's just a paragraph. But I think it talks about how, brothers and sisters, we can try to remain awake and open because God meets us all the time if but we have eyes to see. Wisdom, brothers and sisters, is a habit that we need to get into. And it's hard, but it's an openness to God coming to us through the unexpected, but through the present, okay? So here's what Jones says. So let's close with this. To be enlightened is to know that heaven is not coming. So, okay, I'm going to stop already. She uses the term enlightened. Let's use that term of, of gaining wisdom, of that experience of God. So I'm going to start again. To be enlightened is to know that heaven is not coming. Heaven is here. We have simply not been able to realize that yet because, like King Arthur in his search for the Holy Grail, we look in all the wrong places, worship all the wrong idols, get fixated on all the wrong notions of God. We are always on our way to somewhere else when this place, the place in which I stand, wherever it is, is the place of my procession into God, the site of my union with the life that gives life. We are always on our place to somewhere else. We are preoccupied, aren't we? We're thinking about where we're going to go, that there, that end point of the, of the journey we're on, rather than saying it is right now, rather than the place in which I stand right now, wherever it is, is that place of union with the one who not only brings life, but is life. Brothers and sisters, may we meet that wisdom and allow it to open up for us those gates because when we meet that wisdom, when she comes to us and we experience that life of God, we are at the banquet. We are present to in the presence, let's say it that way, of our God. So let's pray together. And appropriately enough, we're on the third joyful mystery today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third joyful mystery, our God is born within us anew when we open ourselves. Jesus is born. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Be well. May you and I be open to that encounter, that wisdom, that presence of God in our lives this day, this week, this year. Be well.